Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial. He's charismatic. And he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldron. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Sports Talk 97.7 The Edge. Rolling here on the 23rd day of August 2018. Thank you very much for spending a little part of your morning with us. We're here to enlighten, educate, entertain, enrage. And we'll probably kick you off from time to time. But then again, you might agree with everything we say. And if so... You're the smartest audience out there, and we uh, we do appreciate you. At any rate, uh, we're brought to you by someone that everybody loves, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, simply the best pet care you're going to get anywhere in the free world. Go see them on US 165 North in Monroe, 318-345-4545. Dr. David Weber, US 165 North in Monroe. Tell me heard about it on the Edge of Sports Talk 97.7. You're welcome to chime in on our text line, 888 which is the Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union-sponsored text line. Uh, slimy and smarmy texts are welcome. Uh, as Jamie Foxx is still not back with us yet, Mark Kramer filling in admirably for Mr. Fox, but you can still feel free to send negative texts for Jamie uh, matter of fact, those are encouraged. It puts a smile on his face. I got to visit with him yesterday for a while. Uh, Coach Kramer, I know you went up last night. I did. Uh, the boy looks better, does he not? Yeah, it looks a lot better. Uh, when I told him that Professor had, was the only one that had ever done a show from his bed in a hospital, uh, his eyes, he, he kind of looked at me and his eyes lit up like, hey, I can do that. <laughs> so don't be surprised out there, listening audience, if at if some point, maybe next week, that we get a uh, we get at least a drop in from the hospital bed from Jamie Fox. Yeah, live from St. Francis Hospital. Right. <laughs> yeah, he was he, he was doing better. He was making uh he was making offensive remarks toward individuals when I was there. So I'm like, yep, he's feeling better. Uh, uh, no 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 truth to the rumor that he's actually going to be hired at Ohio State later uh, in the week. But, but he uh, may be he may be the next person though to receive some of the. Um, the uh, devices in the mail. <laughs> Indeed, he may. But his All limit's right, three hundred dollars. So, yeah, three hundred dollar limit on that. So you know that's 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 about right for Jamie. Uh, All right, Mark. So since we spoke yesterday, the independent counsel investigating Urban Meyer and the Ohio State University in the uh, I don't know. We we can say there's two different parts of it. There's the uh, domestic assault incidents that, that are troubling, to say the least. And then uh, nothing that has anything to do with it other than to perhaps shed some light 
on this individual. Uh, we're going to call it Porngate uh, with Zach Smith. Urban Meyer, who maintains that he did nothing wrong, and pretty much the findings uh, indicated he really didn't do anything legally wrong, is suspended without pay as the athletic director. Also, this is the first, Mark, to my knowledge, the athletic director also suspended. Your take on uh, the Ohio State uh, sentences for both men? Well, over and above the sentences, I think one of the things, Terry, is that if you watch the press conference with both him and athletic director Gene Smith, the fact that they apologized to the fan base and didn't really say anything at all or send any kind of apology to Courtney Smith, who's the the wife of Zach Smith, uh, who this all surrounds, the fact that they didn't really mention her and how they failed her uh, and the you know all the issues surrounding that kind of leads you to believe that hey they still don't get it well I, okay let me take the counterpoint to that okay with all due with all due respect that's what we're and here there for. is a well yeah and there's a deep legal precedent to that while i don't necessarily disagree with you let me take the let me take the other point to that if urban meyer or anybody at the ohio state university comes out and directly apologizes to courtney smith that sets up a potential civil lawsuit from Courtney Smith aimed at both Urban Meyer and the university. Does that make sense? Well, she, like, could, probably, example, she could probably do that anyway. Well, but you're basically handing it to him on a platter. And I go back and I look at Urban Meyer's text messages, uh, and he talked about, you know, between Zach and Courtney, it was a he said, she said, with two kids involved. I mean, there's nobody good here because the Courtney Smith's mom said, hey, uh, Zach didn't do anything. Now he did it. Now he didn't. She's sort of cray-cray. He's obviously cray-cray with some, some issues. There's nobody in this situation that that is that appears like they're a normal individual. Nobody's, nobody's supporting domestic assault or abuse or anything. But it's like Urban Meyer talked about it. He goes, you know, you don't know. They didn't arrest him. They detained him a couple times. They removed him from the situation. He did what he was supposed to do legally through the school. The school in April came back and added stipulations to his contract after the fact. But, uh, you know, my, the only thing with my, that Meyer did that I saw in that report, he asked one of the guys, hey, how do I get rid of the text messages on my phone? Which tells you there was something there that he knew more than what he's letting on. And with Hugh Freeze, here's what I don't get, Mark. I, I, I simply do not get this. You are at the Ohio State University. You're at Ole Miss. You're the head football coach. What's Urban Meyer making? Six million a year? Uh, seven, well, I think. Is, yeah. Okay, Hugh Freeze, what, a solid three? Thereabouts? Yes. Why don't you do like every terrorist and drug dealer and assistant coach in America and get a burner phone? If the university pays for your cell phone, folks, they have access to everything you have on that cell phone from you taking selfies at the White House with the Buckeye exposed or you sending, uh, you know, you calling brothels in Detroit, escort services if you're, if you're Hugh Freeze, to your Domino's pizza order. They, they've got access to all that because the institution is paying for your phone. Uh, I mean, are the cartels just that much smarter than these guys? Why they don't have a burner phone? I, don't, I mean, are they really wanting to save the 150 bucks a month? 
I mean, I, I don't get that. I really don't. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, when you get to that point, um, like you said, you think, well, you know, they're a little smarter than that, aren't they? I mean, you know, in the in the in the days of technology, it's just like you'll you'll read articles just about technology in general, and you'll see some of the experts in the technology field will say delete doesn't always really mean delete. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> and that's to me, that's kind of a you know, that's a thought that that all of these kinds of situations that they need to heed uh you know very very strongly that delete doesn't always mean delete well and here's the other thing you know the investigators and, and i'm looking at the cbs bullet points of what the, it's a 23 page report i've read most of it uh, you know it shows zach smith spent six hundred dollars of his personal funds at a miami strip club what does that have to do with anything other than the dude spent $600 of his own You know, what if he just spent $600 of his own money fishing? Or, it wouldn't you know, be a he story. Took, he took under, underprivileged kids to a movie and paid for I mean, at, at that point, really? I mean, we know the guy's a little off in some of his exploits. Everybody gets that. And, and folks, let me tell you something. If you don't think an investigator could dig into your private life and come up with some things, over the course of your life that would embarrass you or that you wouldn't want people to know, you're kidding yourself. All right, everybody's like, oh, how could they have that guy out there doing all that? Really? There's a lot of things out there all of us really don't want the public to know about. Hey, that really bad decision you made one time or twice, or is that case, is that Smith's case, 50 times? Um, but, yeah, it's, um, you know, apparently he was not very good at his job. I think there was some substance alcohol abuse issues that came to light when he was going through his divorce. And like I said, if you've ever been to a divorce or you have friends or family members that have been to a divorce, you're not the same during that period. And so he was late to meetings. He was lying to investigators. I think the biggest truth that came out of this deal, Urban Meyer said, look, my relationship with Zach, with, uh, with Earl Bruce, who is Zach Smith's grandfather, sort of jaded my opinion uh, on the grandson. And so he caught, you know, he got a lot of slack because of who his grandfather was in his relationship to Urban Meyer. I mean, you don't want to fire the grandson of somebody you that, that's a mentor of yours. It's the last thing you want to do. If it was Sam Jones, dude, they'd have got rid of him, you know, months ago. But he did get the benefit of the doubt there. Um, I don't know. The, 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 the three-game suspension, I thought they would do something like They're not going to fire him. Uh, Urban Meyer would not cop to any kind of suspension, wouldn't agree to it or anything. And so this was the next best thing. I think the president really pushed for this. And I don't think anybody's happy over the people that want Urban Meyer fired, which is most, most of the national media. Who I, I'm reading all their stuff today. Those cats are about as sanctimonious as it gets. Uh, judge, jury, and executioners, they're outraged. Ohio State fans think it's much to do about nothing. Urban Meyer said, look, I did what I was supposed to do. Now, since they put other things in there, uh, other stipulations in his contract, I took it to my boss. He took it to his boss. We did what we're contractually obligated to do. And as Urban Meyer said, look, they didn't charge him with anything. What can I do? Just because they tell me Mark Kramer, Mark Kramer is on my staff. 
just because people tell me some things about Mark Kramer uh, that he's you know he's knocking off Seven Elevens in his spare time. Look, I, there's there's no charges. Nothing has been proven on that. He hasn't been to court. So can I fire him based on that allegation? Uh, you know, that's a tough call, Mark. Am I wrong on that one? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, you have to weigh a lot of stuff about guilty by association. And uh, now on the flip side of that, what you were talking about was, uh, unfortunately, and this goes on in the business world too, but it's very, very prevalent, as you well know, the uh, – kind of nepotism system in sports as far as the coaching fraternity is concerned. And this is true at any level from junior high uh, all the way up to professional ranks. Uh, Who you know in the nepotistic part of relationships has a lot to do with who gets hired for jobs. It's not always necessarily the best person for the job as far as coaching or X's and O's or anything like that. Uh, That's why you see a lot of times when uh, you know John Smith gets hired from a smaller school and gets to a Power Five school, you know he brings half his staff with him or three quarters of his staff with him. Uh, well, you know, do those can those guys uh, handle a Power Five assistant coaching job and recruiting uh, the top flight players that a top five uh, recruiting school would need? to be able to continue to stay relevant on the national stage, uh, you know, you don't know. But they still come along anyway uh, simply because they were on John Smith's staff uh, at, the, his, at his previous school. And um, so, I mean, it's just the way it is. You have a lot of really good coaches that kind of get left behind because they don't have some of those uh, relationships that involved. That's why you don't see a lot of high school coaches that get an opportunity uh, on the college level because of the fact that, uh, you know, well, you haven't recruited. Well, you know, how does it's just like anything else. How does somebody know, learn or know how to recruit unless somebody gives them a chance to move from, you know, being a really top-flight head coach in high school to uh, maybe being an assistant in college? So, anyway, that, that part of it, too, is very, very difficult uh, to say. And then you've got, as you always call it, the, uh, deni- uh, the plausible deniability where, hey, man, I've got 10 assistants. I can't run a rough shot over my 10 assistants 24 hours a day. I don't know what they're doing. Well, well, I mean, here's the thing. The, the high school and college ranks are completely different. As a high school coach, Mark, I never understood that. You know, I, I didn't. In high school, you – you I almost said recruit. You uh, – Oh, no, you they, do, they do. <laughs> oh, you think? Uh, they are – you coach the kids that are there, right? I mean, that's right. what you do. It's a different world. You know, in, in high school, if you're a really good high school coach, I, I want to come back to this. I just had, I just had a text that I said that. <laughs> As a college buddy of mine listening in another state, I want to come back to that. I want to tell you the difference in, in high school and college. From my perspective, I could be right. I could be wrong. I'm actually right. But uh, I'll tell you a few things, and, and I think it does play into that. I think you have some very good points. You listen to Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx. We come back, we'll get into high school versus college. We'll also have an update on the LSU football situation. Good news, Tiger fans. Nobody's been arrested in 48 hours. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7. This segment brought to you appropriately enough by Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, tremendous North Louisiana attorney, specialized in criminal defense, wrongful death, personal injury, whatever you need, he's there for you. Give him a call, 318-324-1411. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. Back in a minute. 
Hey, welcome back to Sports Talk 97.7. Jerry Walter, Mark Kramer, The Edge. The segment brought to you by our friends at Spa Nouvelle. Pamper the special people in your life. Hook them up with a Spa Nouvelle. Give them a certificate. Uh, the massage, they're absolutely awesome. Go check them out on Lemmy Lane in Monroe. Your text are welcome. 888 888-993-7762. Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union text line. Richie says, hey, even if Urban deleted the messages, they can request phone records for the lines they pay for if they truly wanted to find out the real dirt. Uh, Sam, a great point here. Sam said uh, Joe Tiller brought his entire staff from Wyoming to Purdue and won a Big Ten championship and took them to a Rose Bowl. Uh, <laughs> we will try to uh, to catch you up on that. A couple other texts we'll get to in a minute. But, Mark, we were talking before the break about the differences uh, in high school and in, in college. There's a lot of really exceptional high school coaches. There are across the country. And, and to be honest with you, I think they do as good a job. I, to me, I think the best coaching in the world is done at the high school level, but also the worst. And, and I've said that for years. You, but you, it doesn't matter. You've got to be around players. I mean, to, and you know, I, I had this conversation with a really good friend of mine uh, not that long ago who is a, a, a successful high school coach and was going to try to get into, uh, into college. And, hey, what do you think? And, like, man, you know, you've got to be around players. They hire you collegiately. In football and basketball, the rest of the, the other sports are different. Football and basketball, uh, the rule book is about as big as your arm, uh, thick. The rest of the sports, uh, you can put it on the back of a cocktail napkin. Football and basketball are the money sports, so they're going to have more rules and more penalties and, and stringent uh, guidelines associated with it. But they're not going to bring you in because you're a great X and O guy. It really doesn't happen. Um, you know, I'm the greatest teacher of the 3-4 football defense in the history of the world. They, they don't care. They want you to be able to get players. And then you got to coach the players you get. So, you know, if you can coach, if you're an X and O guy, if you're a great technique guy, that, that helps tremendously. But in basketball, especially much more so than football, you got to be a recruiter. You absolutely, in football, you can specialize guys who are really good teachers, and, co- and you have your recruiters that do their stuff. In basketball, the limited number of staff, bro, you got to be a recruiter. There's no two ways about it. Uh, and so you don't get, you know, a lot of high school coaches used to get jobs in college because they came with players. Mark, they could they would could oh, bring yeah. their own players. Yeah, with I them. know about all that. <laughs> uh, you know, and it goes it goes way back to the day. Uh, you know, when Mike Binding was at, uh, was at Bastrop High School with Jamie Mayo, who's now the mayor of Monroe, Calvin Natt, uh, Carl Kilpatrick, all that group. He came in as an assistant at, at then Northeast Louisiana. Uh, Lenny Fant, Minnie Hollis, and eventually moved up to the head coaching ranks and did a phenomenal job. Mike Binding is a tremendous basketball coach at any level you want to put him at. And then you have others that, that come in and they're just simply not collegiate coaches because they don't like the recruiting. They'd much rather be teachers of the game. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't matter how good a teacher you I mean, John Wood, arguably the greatest coach in any sport ever. If you look at his championships, or what, John Wooden also had the greatest talent at any given time uh, around. I mean, you're dealing with Bill Walton. Uh, then Lou Alcindor became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, you're dealing with the elite of the elite talent-wise dealing with an elite coach that that's domination and so it's just a different game uh but anyway i was telling this coach you know, you know what do you bring to the table it's like well you know hey i know every every high school coach in this state we do this like you know it really doesn't matter there because 
there's a lot of people that do that. Are you bringing connections? Are you bringing connections to, to money people? Are you bringing connections to players? Uh, do you have the AAU guys that, that you know well? I mean, what is it that you're bringing to this table that other people don't? And it's not your ability to teach a 3-4 defense or put in the flex offense at basketball. It's your ability to do those other things that those coaches need. So uh, FS says Dale Brown had a number of coaches who brought star players with him. Yep, absolutely. Craig Kars came in. Jim Childers came in with, uh, with uh, Stanley Roberts. There are a number of coaches that, that Dale did that with, and they had varying degrees of success. Uh, it, it was done all the time in, uh, in college basketball, even much more so probably than football. Uh, Phillips says, hey, the local scene is certainly our main focus. People are here care about the national topic. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, interesting to, to, to see the different opinions of people. I, I, sorry, that was Sean that read that. I read that incorrectly. Uh, interesting things going on nationally that affect local and regional stuff. Mark, uh, good news if you're an LSU fan. Nobody's been arrested in 48 hours. Right. Yeah, the uh, the Advil has been put back by the coaching staff uh, for the last two days. Where do you go from there? <laughs> well, you can't lock them down. <laughs> That's, I'm sure they wish they could. But, you know, again, on the kind of on the flip side of that, what we were talking about with the coaches earlier, you know, that's got to be – I don't know how uh, football – with because of the numbers involved you know basketball squads in college are usually about 15 and baseball squads are 25 to 30 <clears throat> but when you're dealing with a team of of course they don't all dress but you know a lot of squads have uh, almost 100 players i don't know how the co- the head coach especially who ultimately is responsible i don't know how they get any sleep because you're just waiting you know and i don't care where you are yeah, I mean, it could be any place else. It could be LSU. Doesn't matter. You you know, you just every time if your phone goes off at two o'clock in the morning, you just go, oh no. <laughs> I, I've been there, Mark. Let, I'm hey, look, sure you me, have. I, I've been there. Let, hey, let me tell you this. Anytime you're over the age of eighteen, well, let me let me rephrase that. Anytime you're over the age of about thirty-five and your phone rings at two o'clock in the morning, it is never good news. All right, it's just not. And as a college coach, you're going to have kids that are going to make mistakes, and you're going to get those phone calls. I mean, it's my wife used to just kind of chuckle when I would get the call. And it's not that many of them, but they're going to come because people are going to make mistakes, some more so than others. But yeah, you know, the summer, and when you don't have those kids every day, that's when you really worry about stuff. Uh, and look, I mean, LSU is a great example. The kid uh, was the getaway driver, allegedly, back in January. Uh, He was not under the everyday tutelage or or discipline of the LSU football program. The kid that went back to Arlington, same situation. He wasn't under that every single day. The Davis kid that his girlfriend has now since recanted a lot of her statements, we're not sure about that, that was. But you have volatile relationships. Uh, and, And, again, the Texas Tech kid, did you see that? Texas Tech had suspended their running back. Uh, I think his ward, the kid was uh, ward for felony uh, felony theft. Well, they uh, just dismissed those charges. The Lubbock DA dismissed those charges 
uh, the other day. There's not enough evidence on there. So, I mean, are we suspending people based on allegations, or do we have to wait through due process? If we put a kid out of school, let's just say this. How would people react? How would our media react if you got a kid that's an English major that gets accused of theft and you kicked him out of school because he was accused of theft? People would lose their mind. But in football or basketball or no sport, ah, it's no big deal. Ah, let's just get rid of them because they're not the type of guys we want in our program. Well, there's not been a due process. There's not been an opportunity for the individual to present his side of the story and for the legal process, the school process, to go forward. But yet we're just going to go ahead and get rid of them because they were uh, you know, either arrested for or the suspicion of, and then in a lot of these cases, there's nothing to it. Well, it's just like uh, I, it's just like I'd said, Terry, on I believe Monday or Tuesday, uh, we were kind of broaching the same subject, and I said, you know, there's certain subjects uh, in life that you're not innocent until proven guilty. You're guilty until you prove yourself innocent. It's almost now where people have the burden of proving themselves innocent instead of somebody else having to prove them guilty. Because with our uh, social media society, people make up their own minds in a heartbeat. You know, the way things travel through the Internet now and through social media, uh, something can happen and come out by one media outlet. And literally 15 minutes later, it can have gone through a million people. And so people are, are forming their opinions based on that first report you know, or the first allegation. And so, you know, I mean, it'd be like, um, you know, if you saw me, uh, if you saw me, which would, I mean, obviously this wouldn't happen, but that's why I'm using this example. Uh, you know, you saw me uh, somewhere over Monroe staggering drunk out of the, uh, out of a bar somewhere, and you put it out on social media, and our manager here at 97.7 sees it, uh, and hears about it within, again, 15 minutes of when you saw me. And, well, we can't have somebody like that representing our station, so we're going to let him go. Well, then you find out later that it was, you know, maybe some medication I was on from something. I mean, there was a legit reason I hadn't been drinking. Uh, but all you did was see me staggering around out of a bar or out of a restaurant that had a bar. So that kind of thing, that's, you know, the, the rush to judgment. Now, some people are guilty, but let them get proven guilty. You can have a suspicion, but at least let the process play itself out before we try to ruin somebody's life or condemn them to where they're Satan himself, uh, any of those kinds of things. Uh, that, but that's unfortunately where we are in society today. Yeah, it's crazy. We come back, we'll get a little bit more into LSU. I do want to talk about the Hard Knocks, uh, <laughs> the latest episode with Des Bryant and the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns is like a, a fire. It just keeps getting better and better. Uh, you were listening to Sports Talk 97.7. Jerry Walter, Mark Kramer, The Edge. Segment brought to you by our friends at Vantage, Billy Justice and Company. Check out Vantage, the best thing going, folks. Back in a minute. And welcome back in Sports Talk 97.7. Walter Kramer Tabor, the trifecta of death, if you will. Uh, this segment of The Edge on Sports Talk 97.7 brought to you by our friends, Ben Pitts and Company at GB Cooley, reminding you to support an incredibly worthwhile cause, Louisiana Special Olympics. All right, Mark, so i 
try to get your take on this. I don't know if, I've, if you've seen it or not. If you haven't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text you a picture. But uh, have you seen the Baker Mayfield? It looks like a Rolls Royce. I can't really tell. Baker Mayfield shirtless with a tiger propped up on a Rolls Royce. Have you seen that picture? No. All right. I'm getting ready to send it to you. Uh, this is your Cleveland Browns, folks. You wonder why the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. Watch Hard Knocks. It is worth the price, uh, whatever it is. So you got your number one quarterback, the number one selection in the NFL draft. Hey, he's not going to start for the worst team in the history of sports, the Cleveland Browns. 0-16 last year. They have a picture of him. I just sent it to you, Mark, who is propped up. It looks like a Rolls. I can't really tell. There's a Tiger, and uh, he's shirtless with the underwear sticking out of his jeans. He's uh, got a chain on. He literally looks like Joe Dirt, uh, the old uh, David Spade show. And so if Baker Mayfield's a really good player in the NFL, I don't think you're going to have an issue. If Baker Mayfield is a bust or just an average journeyman quarterback, uh, do you remember the old show we used to watch as kids? Uh, it was the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, ABC's Wide World of Sports. Wide World of Sports, yeah, the guy, yeah. the poor guy falling off the ski the ski jump. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be the new picture of the agony of defeat. He is topless with underwear sticking out with his jeans, Propped up on a Rolls Royce with the tiger from the hangover. He literally looks like Alan from the from the hangover uh, with less weight. I mean, this is, uh, you know, Cleveland Browns, really. What, what, are you, what are you doing? Seriously? And you got the black uh, bandana around the headband. The headband oh, type. yeah. It's just, yeah, how you like that picture? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's comical. It, it really is. And it just goes to show you. The Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. That's who they are. Uh, folks, loud in the NFL has never really worked well, not not over any period of time. Loud in the NBA, yeah, it sort of works. The NBA is a different animal. Loud in the NFL, like Drew Brees. Drew Brees, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game. If there's a Mount Rushmore of NFL quarterbacks, Drew Brees is going to be on there somewhere. Not really a loud guy. Uh, Roger Staubach, not, not, not really a loud guy. Uh, he does. It, Drew Brees of, does the commercials wanting somebody to take him to the stadium because his car overheated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but these guys, the Patriots, they're boring. I don't care if you like them or not, highly successful. The San Antonio Spurs, they're boring, highly successful. Uh, the New York Yankees, yeah, semi-outspoken a little bit, but by and large, Jeter and those guys, pretty boring. Pretty boring. They just win. And the loud guys don't win. I'm watching the Cleveland Browns, and it is a great call to put them on hard knocks. You have all these new people in there, Jarvis Landry. They brought uh, Des Bryant in last week, and it was basically the coronation of Des Bryant like he is the chosen one. The Cleveland Browns are more infatuated with crazy, high-maintenance, dysfunctional, if you will, wide receivers. Than any other team I've ever seen. Used to be uh, like the old, um, and it wasn't receivers for them, but it was like the old Oakland Raiders. Uh, yeah, but uh, the Oakland Raiders won. Right. They were highly successful. The Cleveland Browns, I mean, Hugh Jackson is fawning all over Des Bryant. 
You got Josh Gordon, who's played four games in five years, or whatever the number is there. Uh, you got Jarvis Landry, who's by far and away the best receiver they have. Uh, not immune to himself, so a little controversy, a little crazy, but you can deal with that. You got Baker Mayfield, the number one pick in the draft, who they say is not going to start. The guy that looks the best in this series is the Haley guy that used to be the head coach of Kansas City. He looks like the adult in the room. The rest of them are, are it's literally like putting a 12-year-old team together. Uh, this is not going to end well for the Cleveland Browns. Do I think they'll win a couple games this year? Probably. But they are who you think they are. There's a reason they are so dysfunctional. The manager, or the general manager, the Dorsey guy, is so enamored with these dysfunctional wide receivers. It's bizarre how they are how they are. And you're like, you know, you're ultimately judged on your success. But Des Bryant is a petulant five-year-old child. Sometimes he's good Des when things are going his way. Sometimes he's bad Des. And the good overrides the bad, as it does when people are younger, with the talent, you put up with it, but as they get older, uh, it doesn't work. And so Dez probably is not going to work for the first couple weeks of the season, and they're going to wait till a high-profile wide receiver goes down, ACL, what have you. That's who's probably going to hire Dez Bryant. But if an 0-16 team is not going to take a chance on you, uh, you really got to start to reevaluate where you're at, don't you? Uh, yeah, extremely. You have to extremely reevaluate where you're at Uh, you've got a situation with these guys now we've talked about it in other veins so to speak but the teams excuse me the teams now in the professional ranks are way more concerned than they used to be because of you know we could list a a myriad of events that have taken place they are more uh, uh, aware now of what their public relations platform looks like to the to their fan base and to the general public in the city where the team is. And because of that, uh, a lot of the knuckleheads aren't getting, aren't getting jobs uh, when they leave the team they were originally with. I think you just said the best point. If the worst team in the history of the NFL for so many years, I think they have the longest, uh, they're the one of the few left that haven't been to the Super Bowl. Um, if they won't take you, then you need to be taking a hard look in the mirror at where you're at as a person, how you act, your professionalism, team being a teammate, all of those different aspects of playing athletics, no matter what sport, you need to take a hard look at that. Uh, there's a reason why you're not getting a job. Let's, let's, let's examine the professionalism aspect. Did you see how Des Bryant – look. I get that you're a professional athlete, okay? I, I understand that. Did you see how Des Bryant showed up for his job interview in Cleveland? No, I don't watch that stuff. Okay, I, I, it's, it's, it's a documentary to me. Des Bryant shows up to Cleveland knowing it's on hard knocks, knowing it's, you know, it's going to be scrutinized. He's got a, a cutoff T-shirt on. He's got his headphones on. He's got a hat on backwards. He literally looks like he has neck. At Benoit Rec Center. This is the way you show up for a job interview. Oh, by the way, you don't have a job. You show up to a job interview like you're a rap star. And, you know, and that's a problem. To the profession. Yeah, it's a that's problem. That's a problem. And the fact that Des Bryant nor Des Bryant's advisors or his agents don't recognize this gives you some insight 
into a lot about him. I mean, you know, you watch the hard knocks with the Cowboys last year. Dez was a petulant child. I mean, Derek Dooley, and, you know, people can say what they want to about Dooley. I don't know Derek Dooley, but I felt bad for him last year, literally having to babysit Dez Bryant day to day to day, hour to hour, to try to get production out of him, and he's a petulant five-year-old child. Uh, just the maturity level, he hasn't matured as he's aged. He's actually regressed. And, and so it's almost uh, – <laughs> I mean, it's just bizarre. He shows up looking like he has. he's up next. Uh, he's got winner at the Benoit Rec Center. This is your job interview, and Hugh Jackson fawning all over him. Uh, it, uh, you know, I liked Hugh Jackson prior to this show, and Hugh Jackson's probably a really good coach. I'm really questioning the wisdom of Hugh Jackson as a head coach in the NFL after just watching some of the stuff going on. Well, Richie texts in a thing about that very thing, and I think it's interesting. Uh, going to have to go ahead and read this. He said, the only thing that makes me mad on hard knocks was when Todd Haley spoke up, this was in a coaches meeting, spoke up about the lack of discipline and how uh, Hugh Jackson chastised him with the quote, I sit in this chair and we do it my way. Haley was at least semi-successful in Kansas City uh, and has been a failure everywhere else thus far. And Jackson has been a failure everywhere else so far. True. I mean, look, Haley comes off as the adult in the room. He's grumpy. Fair enough. There's a lot of grumpy coaches out there that are successful. You know, Belichick has never been uh, a barrel of bubbles. But at you least know, bringing Saban, up the fact that the team uh, overall has a lack of discipline. And it, it shows. You're 0-16. Of course there's a lack of discipline. You know, when Jarvis Landry, who's in a, in a couple months been there, goes off on him, and Jarvis Landry's aware of the of the – of the cameras being there, about guys not playing, not practicing hard. It's a losing culture. And to change a culture, there's a lot of things have to be done. You know, Hugh Jackson, everybody's celebrating. Oh, they're going to they're gonna stick with him. He's 0-16. The more I watch this show, Hugh Jackson wants to be buddies with all the players. You know, Belichick, Popovich, uh, Tony Dungy, all these guys that have been super successful – being buddies with the players is probably not what's uh, what's helped them be successful. There's a professionalism there. And when I watch Hugh Jackson in these hard knocks, he's more of a fan. You know, hey, how you doing? It's great to see you. And, you know, I saw the part where he kind of chastised Haley. I get that if you're Hugh Jackson. Hey, we're going to do this my way. Well, boss, your way went 0-16 last year. And if you win three games this year, it's going to be – you know, Hugh Jackson selling Des Bryant on the – the biggest turnaround in the history of sport. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't put a whole lot of money on that one just yet. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, Mark Kramer, Tabor running the board. Back with your text, your stories, everything you want to hear about. We return the Edge. Roll call after this. Welcome back in. Sports Talk 97.7, The Edge, Kramer, Waldrop, Tabor bringing it home today. Thank you for spending part of your morning with us. The 23rd day of August 2018. Uh, LSU, the hits just keep on coming up. Relax. Nobody got arrested yet. But uh, Not yet. The day is young. The, the day is young, <laughs> might I add. Uh, a part of the advocate this morning is kind of funny. Uh, and they don't attribute this to anyone. But uh, the first couple lines are, it's bad enough that Alabama stole our football coach and that their team, team breaks our heart 
every November. Now they're trying to annex Baton Rouge. Uh, on Alabama's football tickets that they printed, they list the November 3rd game against LSU, and the, the venue is Baton Rouge, comma, Alabama. So they're trying to annex Baton Rouge, and uh, you can arguably make the point that they pretty much owned it for the last couple of years. Uh, do you think, you know? That's a dig and a half right there. Yeah, you think Baton Rouge, Alabama. They don't even put Tiger it. Stadium or anything like that, just the whole city of Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, Alabama. Ouch. You know what you got to do? Mark, you got to find a way to win. Uh, of course, that's, Nick Saban has turned over one, if not two, every coach in the SEC since he's been there. Hey, I made a joke before. I know, Richie, Bama never sold our football coach. I know. Talk to the uh, to the writers, though, in Baton Rouge on the advocate. A lot of people don't re- realize the history. You know, Saban didn't leave to go to Alabama. Saban left to go to the Dolphins. Why? Because his close friend, Mark Emmerich, who was the president of LSU, Failed to go to the NCAA. That's why he left. Uh, enter a new president, a different relationship. Uh, that clock was ticking the second Mark Emmert left. Uh, so, and then Saban goes back to, to Alabama. Uh, Mal, Moore, late, Mal Moore did a, an unbelievable job getting it back. And I think, in fact, recruited his wife, Terry Saban, uh, who hated Miami by all indications, to come back and then... Uh, the rest has been history. So they're already clamoring down there, Mark, for Ed Orgeron. I didn't get to hear it last night, but the first Ed Orgeron show, and I think they had that at T.J. Ribb still, was last night. So yes. two out of the first three weeks of the season, you're going to be underdogs. You can have a really good team and be one and two at the end of three weeks. You realize that, right? Yeah, this is not the year for LSU to have this kind of extremely difficult not just the first game but there this is the extremely difficult year for their sec schedule this is not the year to have that happen uh it's going to put coach o even more uh, if if he can be more behind the eight ball it's putting him more behind the eight ball if that's possible yeah I, this is a tough go for anybody but you're going to be underdogs to miami to start the year You'll play Southeastern where you should win that game comfortably. Then you're at Auburn. So two of your first three games, you're going to be dogs for. I would suggest this to you, and Sean's a lot bigger LSU fan than I am, and you might know the answer to this. When is the last time, the first three weeks of the season, that LSU is going to be underdogs in two of those three games? Uh, probably a while. If ever. Yeah, if yeah, in our lifetime maybe. I mean, you think about that as you're going through the schedule. They can be one and two and have a really, really, really good team because you're at Auburn. You play Miami in a, in a semi-neutral game. It's going to be a home game for LSU because so many LSU fans are going to be. It's not going to be Tiger Stadium friendly, but, you know, it's not going to be going to the Plains at Auburn where you're uh, the second most vilified team outside of probably uh, Nick Saban and Alabama. And Auburn's going to be really good. By you know, they've got a legitimate quarterback, the Sidham kid from Baylor, in his second year there. He very well could be a Heisman candidate. Uh, that up tempo offense, yeah, that's not going to be an easy gig for uh, for LSU. 
uh, going forward. Now, wait a minute. I, I know Auburn's ranked number nine, but because of the headset limit, Gus Malzahn is just completely concerned about it ruining the game of college football. So we have to keep that in mind when they play Auburn that, you know, the lack of, of headsets uh, might just completely throw their offense into a tailspin. I personally think half the cats on those headsets, they don't even they talk to each other. I think they're sitting next to each other. I had the, booth, and they and they talk to each other. I had the tongue in cheek that because that's still to the, that was on my number one list of the stupidest things I've ever heard a college coach say or even a professional coach at a press conference that it was going to that the that headset limit rule was going to ruin their game and ruin college football and all of this kind of stuff and the limit is 20 20 well, you, you can never have too many people talking to oh you right oh my gosh you know you even on a college staff you'd have to dream up enough people to put that many headsets on somebody it's just unbelievable I mean, I got people to talk to people to talk. I mean, the New York Stock Exchange, I'm not sure, has that many headsets. Uh, Sorry, I just had the dog. I had the dog mouths on one more time for that utterly dumb comment. Yeah, we, we need more people on headsets. Uh, going to be interesting. I, you know, tomorrow I want to get into the LSU schedule. You want to do that? And we'll, we'll break yeah, the down schedule, the games. sure. Yeah, let's, let's get into the schedule and, and let's talk about it. Uh, gonna be interesting. Uh, been fun today. Lots of uh, lots of discussion, national, regional, local. Also, want to get into the part where uh, Mark, we talk about how the redshirt rule, being able to play four games, is gonna impact things. I think you're gonna see this play out at Alabama. Uh, I think you'll see it play out at LSU. Yes, they're gonna have four games of basically tryouts to see who can play, and after the fourth game. You won't see one quarterback anymore. They'll be getting ready to bail. So, interesting things with the NCAA. We'll see if uh, any more LSU players get arrested. And FS says there's seven schools who would hire Nick Saban's headset right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised it hasn't been auctioned off on eBay. Uh, well, that might be a fundraiser later on. Military Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Mark Kramer filling in. For our buddy Jamie Fox Tabor on the board. Thanks to our sponsors, Washington Valley Federal Credit Union, Mr. Bobby Manning, Attorney at Law, Spanavel, Vantage, GB Cooley, reminding you to support incredibly worthwhile cause, Louisiana Special Olympics, and our title sponsor, the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. Simply the best pet care you're going to get anywhere in the free world. Go see him on US 165 North in Monroe, 318 345 4545. Dr. David Weber, Northboro Animal Hospital. Make sure you stay tuned tomorrow or this afternoon for Sean Fox, the sports company at Three Bells. And Mark Kramer and I will be doing the sports company tomorrow, 3 to 6. So you'll get so four beware. hours of power. <laughs> yeah, drink heavily, sedate yourself, four hours from us tomorrow. Until then, folks, aloha. Have a great day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.